there's a word for this house from the Lord. And it ties into what's being said um, in the body of Christ. Um, uh, a lot is being said about destiny and purpose and your calling. So there's a spin on that. And we're going to talk about that today. If you have your Bibles, we want you to go to Matthew 16 and 15. If you could put that up on the screen, that's in the message, the message translation. We're going to start right there, Matthew 16 and 15. And in the message Bible, it says, he pressed them, he pressed them. And how about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I, who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. But the spin that the Lord pressed upon me to take on this scripture as it pertains to the gates of hell is, is Jesus really Lord? You may be seated. Is Jesus really Lord? And I listened to uh, Sister Gould the other night. They were talking about being led by the spirit. Um, this is the season that we're living in. It's the season of the local church. So we've been being taught that we ought to have a spirit-led life. We ought to be led by the spirit. We ought to press into our purpose and our destinies and our callings. But one of the issues that we've seen just throughout our congregation is that for some reason, People get lethargic when you start talking about purpose and destiny and calling. Well, the thing that the Lord wanted me to present you with this morning is that the reason that you're not excited about finding out your purpose and your destiny and your calling and being obedient, many of us, is because Jesus is not really Lord. When Jesus becomes Lord... You get interested in what he's interested in. All of you that have, um, the men who have accepted Jesus as Savior, I want you to stand, if you would. All of the women that have accepted Jesus as Savior, would you please stand? Many times in our life, this is, and this is good. Accepting Jesus as Savior, that's the beginning of salvation. 
But then you have to accept him as Lord. You have to get out of the driver's seat of your life and you have to put him in the driver's seat. And that no matter what he's saying, no matter what he's asking of you, no matter what he's wanting, no matter how hard you think it is, you let him get in the driver's seat and you let him be Lord. And then that is how you fulfill your destiny. That is how you reach your purpose. And he just takes you from glory to glory. You may be seated. So the main question today is, have you accepted Jesus as Lord? Some of us have, but some of us also need a deeper dedication to Jesus as Lord. We need to deepen that. The days of behavioral modification are over. And the question that's in the atmosphere is, is Jesus your Lord? Matthew 16, 21 through 27. I looked that up in the message uh, translation, and it actually says, you're not in the driver's seat. That's what it said at the, at the little topic. It says, then Jesus made it clear to his disciples that it was now necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. Submit to an ordeal of suffering at the hands of the religious leaders. Be killed. And then on the third day, be raised up alive. Can you imagine Jesus being summoned to be killed and then raised? Can you imagine yourself as a martyr being required to be killed? There are many people that went through that. And Jesus was Lord. Even at the point of death, Jesus went to the cross. He died for us. He did what the father called him to do, even at the point of death. And then it says, Peter took him, took him in hand, protesting, impossible master. That can never be. But Jesus did not swerve. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. <laughs> he went to work on his disciples and he said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I will show you how. Self-help, self-modification <laughs> is no help at all. But self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self, the spirit of a man. Your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your soul? Don't be in such a hurry to go into business for yourself before you know it, the son of man will arrive with all the splendor of his father accompanied by an army of angels you'll get everything you have coming to you a personal gift this isn't the pie in the sky and by and by some of you standing here are going to see it take place see the son of man in kingdom glory and that is the dispensation that we end Jesus is going to come back soon and we better have Jesus as the Lord of our life. We better have Jesus 
in the driver's seat of our life. When I was sitting at the lake yesterday and uh, just jotting some notes down, um, when I when I got ready to go in, our gate is is an access gate, and all of the residents of the community have an access key. When I scanned my key to go in, there was nobody behind me. I couldn't see any any cars behind me or anything. So I drove in, and there was a truck that rushed in behind me before the gate could close. They didn't look like they belonged there. And I'm one of those, like in our neighborhoods, over the years, I've been like the um, quiet police. So anytime that I saw undesired, you know, I, I just didn't want no trouble in my neighborhood. I'm going to tell. If you, if you come in my, my vicinity and you're acting up, I'm going to quietly pick up my phone and I'm going to tell on you. So I watch out for people like that. And so not only for the safety of my family, to help with the safety of my family. You know, back in the day, people watched out, neighbors watched out for each other. So I'm, I'm, I'm old school with that. I still do that. And so I went and parked, and they were going back and forth, and it just kind of bothered me. I was like, then I started saying, Lord, just, just let them quietly go on their way. They were drinking and loud and whatever. And the Holy Spirit stopped me, and he said, wait a minute. He said, they need me. And he said, I want to show you something. He said, when you receive, and this is while I was preparing this, he said, when you receive Jesus as Lord, you get access to the gate. And because of your access, you let other people in. That's one of the benefits of being a believer that has Jesus as Lord. Not only do you get in, but you let other people in as well. So that was good. I was like, okay. And I wasn't worried about it anymore after that. I say, thank you, Lord, for showing me that. And so that's why it's important for you to have Jesus as Lord because there are people in your life that are depending on your access to the kingdom. And you are responsible for showing them the way in. And if you never receive Jesus as Lord, if you never act on obedience, if you never do the things that he's calling you to do because you've made him Lord, there are people that you are going to give an account of. The blood for those people is going to be required at your hands. And that's not an easy thing to hear, but it is the truth. Jesus died for you. He suffered many things on the cross. And so when you give your life to him, you owe him your life. And you're responsible for doing whatever he says, no matter how hard it is. Amen. Amen. Um, and the thing that we grapple with the most is our flesh. Um, I have another, another little story um, to share with you. And that has to do with the flesh. That was something that I was battling. And it was a small thing some years ago. And every time it happened, oh, my gosh, it just got me so down, so discouraged. I just couldn't get over it. 
Um, and one day the Holy, I was talking, I was praying, I was talking to the Lord about it. And the Holy Spirit said, what is that thing doing to you? Like what you keep coming to me about this. And it's just, a, it was just a minor annoyance. Uh, and he said, what is it really doing to you? He said, is it, is it like a, a, a gunshot wound? Is it something? And I said, no. Is it, is it injuring your body? And I said, no. It's just getting on my nerves. And he said, that's right. It's just hurting your flesh. So us as Christians, sometimes we let the things in the flesh override the things of the spirit. And he told me, he said, you dominate your flesh in that area so that you can walk in the light that I've called you to. He said, on the other side of you dominating your flesh in that area is deliverance for you. You'll take the victory, overcome, win that thing, and gain ground over Satan. So I said all that to say that when you take on this new posture of accepting Jesus not only as Savior, but accepting him as Lord, you're going to receive pushback. Okay, so what do you do when you receive pushback? You push back. When you receive, when you take on the posture of living for God, truly living for God, taking Jesus as Lord, doing what he said, the devil is going to come after that. And when he comes to push you back, to drive you back to where you've come from, you push back. You're already in the fight. Many times, uh, a lot of us, we're afraid. We, we, we live our lives in fear. If we step out there and we try to do something for God and we get that push back and Satan shows his head, you think, oh, well, if I, if I just, you make a deal with the devil, that's what I call it. I make a deal with the devil. I just stay in my little corner all quiet and, and just stay right here and don't go no further. He'll leave me alone. No, the devil was after you before you even got saved. That's why you were in the condition that you were in before you got saved. So get your mind made up. You're already in the fight. So just go ahead and set yourself up in a position where you can overcome and have the victory. And that victory is in having Jesus Christ as Lord, doing what he says, obeying him and walking your life all the way out. Amen. 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 So how do we let Jesus be Lord and win the war at the gates of hell? Pastor said it this morning, the first thing we do is we humble ourselves. Psalms 51 and 17 in the Amplified Version says, my only sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken with sorrow for sin, thoroughly penitent. Such, O oh God, you will not despise Walking with the Lord, walking with Jesus as Lord, there is no place for pride. You have to devoid yourself of yourself completely. There is no you in walking with Jesus and keeping him as Lord. Sometimes we think we're so smart 
we think we have things all figured out. Sometimes we'll do a little bit of what God says, and then we say, okay, God, I got it. I'll take the will now. But there's no place in God and walking with Jesus as Lord for that. If you want to stand outside with God having his arms folded, take on the spirit of pride. You will have no help. So you have to devoid yourself of all pride. The second thing is that you have to do is you have to sober up. Pastor also talked about this this morning, being sober in this time that we live in. And it's Titus, the scripture reference that I have is Titus 2, 12 through 14. And it says teaching, and this is in the King James Version, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works so when we take on the lordship of jesus christ we have to first humble ourselves and then we have to make sure we are sober there's so many things going on in the world there's so many different directions there's so many voices in the world but the scripture teaches us that we are to be sober if you are not in a good church you need to get in a good church where the word of God is being taught uncompromisingly. Pastor talked about that this morning. There, This is not the time for cotton candy messages, feel-good messages. You need a pastor that's teaching you how to live, how to survive in this time that we're in. You need to have a pastor that's teaching you what voice to listen to. There are many voices in the world a lot of people going a lot of different direction and it is for your own safety and benefit to hear the truth unlock yourself from the world unlock yourself from CB CNN and these the television and the internet and all of these things and get sober get yourself in a position posture yourself where you can hear from God, where you can go to a church and have a pastor that hears from God so that you will know how to survive in the end times. What we went through last year, that's only a, that's only a preface of what's to come. There are many more things coming. All of this stuff that happened last, that's just a taste of what's coming upon the earth before the return of Jesus Christ. And so you want to be in a place that's safe. You want to be in, 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 in a safe place where you're getting good counsel. You don't want to be talking to people who don't know the truth. You want to be talking to people and listening to people share the word that are tapped into the spirit of God. And that can give you direction that will help save your life. This time is a matter of life and death. It literally is. There were so many people that, that I knew last year that died, that didn't make it through COVID, and it was because they were hard-headed. They didn't listen to counsel. They, list, they didn't listen to, to, to sound instruction. They, didn't, they weren't obedient to God. God, you know, uh, there were people that my husband and I personally ministered to. They would not 
listen. And if you care for yourself, if you care for your family, I admonish you to listen to the voice of God. Get in a place where you can be tapped into the spirit of God. Hear what the spirit of God is saying and walk with him. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. But walk the straight line with him. It's important. It's imperative for your life, for the life of your mothers, your fathers, your children. You need to be hearing the voice of God in this season. So we have to sober up. We have to humble ourselves, break your own pride, and we have to sober up and walk with the Lord. Number three, the third thing that you have to do is you have to walk circumspect and not as fools. Pastor talked about the foolish and the wise this morning. Walk circumspect, not as fools. Ephesians 5 and 8 says, you groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. And what it's saying is Jesus already made the way plain. It's no more excuse for you stumbling around in the dark. And then it says, get on with it. The good, the right, the true. These are the actions appropriate for our daylight hours. Figure out, you figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Don't waste your time on useless work. The things of the flesh, mere busy work, just whatever you can conjure up in your mind, that's what you're going to put your hands to. The barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the shame that they are, for the, expose these things for the sham that they are. It is a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. He says, rip the cover off of those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Wake up from your slumber. Climb out of your coffins. He says, when you're not walking in the light of Christ, you're dead. When you're not walking with Christ and walking in his way and doing his will and hearing what he's saying and being lined up with him, you are dead. He says, climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the spirit of God, huge drafts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our master Jesus Christ. So he's saying what, with all of your being, with everything that you got, with everything that you have, it's, it is of, of great impor, importance that you take it on and that you live him and you serve him with everything that you have at this time. This is a perilous time. This season that we live in is a serious season. It's serious for your life and it's serious for you to be bringing other people in too before Jesus returns. That is the, that is the main goal of the Christian right now. And 
It doesn't matter about your personality. It doesn't matter about where you came from. You could be a prostitute and just got saved a month ago. You know what you can tell another prostitute? How to get saved. You don't have to be a long life scholar to bring people into the kingdom. All you need to know is a little bit. All you need to know is your own testimony that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he rose and he's in heaven with the father. Tell him that. It doesn't take years and years of preparation to get somebody saved. It doesn't take years and years of preparation to disciple somebody that's coming up along the way beside you uh, uh, past the path that you've already come. That's the season that we're in. People need the Lord. We need the Lord. And that's what God is calling for. He uses us in different ways. He uses us in different ways. But we're all called to be evangelists. We're all called to be uh, ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how you find out what your purpose is. If you get on that road and say, God... I don't know what I'm doing, really, but I love you. I want to do your will. Sister Regina said that I need to be ministering. I'm, I'm yielding that to you right now. Now show me what to do. I promise you, if you do that, he's going to do exactly that. He's going to begin to show you what to do because God is not playing peekaboo with us. He's, he's not, he's not going to say, okay, my child, I need you to do this. Okay, my child, I need you to do that and then hide it from you. That's not the kind of God we serve. Our God is a good God, and he wants us to succeed. He wants us to do his will. God is not going to come down from heaven and get your sister saved. God is not going to come down from heaven and get your brother saved. God is not going to come down from heaven and get your best friend saved. God is going to use you because you are the one with the influence and the access to the people in your life. And you may say, Sister Regina, you're sounding pretty serious. Everybody know that I'm like, well, it's serious. It's a time. This time, this moment in time is a serious time. And as quiet as I am, and people that know me know that I'm not a big boisterous person. I'm not a loud person. But I know the time that I'm living in. And I know that it is imperative that I use the voice that God gave me to minister to the people that I come in contact with. And I have made a sound decision over the last few years of my life. God, whatever you tell me to do at any point, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll share. I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll tell them you love them. I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll lay hands on them so they can be healed. I'll stop what I'm doing and pray prayers of deliverance over them. Whether I'm in the mall, whether I'm in the grocery store, whether I'm, I'm getting out of my car, going in my driveway, everywhere I go, whatever the Lord says and tells me to do, I do it because I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. That's true Christianity. And our churches and our preachers, they've tricked us. They've tricked us. Over the years, they talked us out of being true Christians and said the, the way of old is not the way. 
This is the way, the way, the light way, the, 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 the way with the, with the broad path. That's the way. That's the devil is a liar. He lied to us. They lied to us. The way of old, the straight and narrow path. What the word says, they, they've taken us off the path of the word. The word means exactly what's, what it says. If you want to know how to live as a Christian, read the word. If you want to know what you ought to be doing, read the word. Jesus was not schizophrenic. God was not schizophrenic. What he said in his word is what he meant. And he said he made it so plain that even a child need not error. So many of us, we've gotten too grown for our own riches like the old people used to say. All you got to do is go back to the word. Read the word. Whatever it says, do it. And keep doing it until Jesus comes. That's what he's calling for. He's calling us back. And we've heard that word over and over. This is the time of the local church. This is the season of the local church. And if you're a part of the body of Christ, and if you are part of, of the local church, then you ought to be doing what God is wanting to do in the earth. You ought to be about the Father's business. You ought to be wanting to get people saved. If, if God, and if Jesus snatched you out of hell, why you don't want your kinfolks out of hell? Why you don't want somebody else out of hell? Why you don't want to sacrifice what it takes, the uncomfortable feeling and the uneasiness in the natural to see them snatched out of hell? That's all it takes. So we need to get on board and let Jesus be Lord. And the next thing that we have to do in order for Jesus to be Lord is we have to continually break up follow ground. Follow ground in the scripture, it's, it's the stoniness of our heart. Many of us, we've gotten hard. There, there, there have been things that have happened in our life that have made us hard. Uh, the scripture says um, in the last days, that the love of many would wax cold. We don't have the warmth and the love for people that we used to have. And in the body of Christ, that ought not be so. We ought to allow that follow ground to be broken up. Uh, follow ground is ground that has not been planted or broken up, so it's not useful. Um, if you know anything about farming, when the farmers get ready to sow seed, they have to go in the field and use plows to loosen that ground up, to break that ground up. If they don't, the seed can't germinate. It can't, it can't go down in the soil. So you have to dig that up, plow it, make it soft, make it pliable, so that that seed can go down in the ground. And so that's what the Lord is saying. He wants our hearts to be soft and pliable. So that the seed of his word, so when he comes and he says something to us, the hardness of our heart doesn't repel what he's saying. The hardness of our heart when the word comes don't repel the word. And, and the way that we do that, the way that we allow that ground to be broken up so that we can be useful uh, is in Hosea 10 and 12, and it's the amplified version. So with the view to righteousness that righteousness like seed may germinate, reap in accordance with mercy and loving kindness, break up your uncultivated ground, 
for it is time to seek and search diligently for the Lord and to long for his blessing until he comes to reign righteousness and his gift of salvation is on you. So just in the natural or in, in a common way to explain how you break up that ground, being in the presence of God, fasting, praying, praying in tongues, laying before the Lord, lamenting in prayer, worship, giving, meditating on the word, serving your sisters and brothers, and doing the work of an evangelist. If you do all of these things in congruence with each other in combination all the time, that will keep follow ground from occurring in your heart. Your heart will stay soft and it will stay pliable and you will be useful. Many of us are not useful. The reason many of us are not useful is because our hearts are hard. We've allowed our love to grow cold. And it just takes a little bit of effort. You'll find if you get if you get in there with God, if you get in there and say, okay, God, I, I want to do this, he'll meet you right where you are. And surprisingly, all the things that you thought, well, how is this going to happen? And how, how am I going to do that? Praying in tongues. What is that? Fast, I just seek him a little bit. And he'll do things and meet you right where you are. If you are a Christian in here, and that's all I have today. It wasn't a long, last year I went way over the time. And I wanted to spend that kind of time, a little more time, but that's what he gave me. You got to make Jesus Lord of your life. We got to stop playing. We got to stop lying to ourselves and acting like we Christians and being good with how we look. And we actually need to begin doing the work of an evangelist. That's what God is desiring. That's what Jesus is wanting because he's coming back soon. And I say again, all of the people in your sphere of act, in your sphere of influence, and we all have a sphere. I'm not supposed to reach the people in your family. I don't have access to your husband or your wife or your children or your family. I don't have access to your friends. You do. It's your job. And so I submit to you today, if I've said anything that have been, that's influenced you to go deeper in your walk with the Lord, deeper in the things of God, and you say, you know, I want to make Jesus Lord. And it doesn't matter how you feel in your flesh. I talked about earlier about wrestling with the proclivities of your flesh. Let your spirit overcome how you feel in the flesh because feelings change. If you get on God's side, your feelings will change. All of your apprehension that you're feeling, the butterflies, the fear, all of that will go away. Let what you know in your heart is the right thing overcome all of that and let God meet you halfway and begin living your life with Jesus as Lord walking out your purpose and your destiny in this life before Jesus returns.